Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm Damon Postalka, your host. I am so excited today to bring you my special guest. I've got Ronald Henderson with me here today. Ronald, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Damon. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. This is incredible, dude. I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you're an inspiration to many, whether you realize it or not. Uh, it's just, it's, it's great to get you on today. I want to talk a little bit about your interesting career and what you're up to today and, and, uh, just share it with people. Be glad to do it. And and before we get started, I would like to uh, thank everyone out there in LinkedIn that I've been associated with. I really appreciate your friendship and your support. Without that, I wouldn't be here today. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So if people, if you're listening, um, go ahead and drop in the comments where you're listening from. But more importantly, if you're listening and you're not connected with Ronald, go ahead and send him a connection request. Just let him know on the note that you heard him here and we were talking on the faces of business and he'll accept it. You can start seeing his good stuff that he's sharing. So Ronald, let's get started. You've got an interesting, you had, so first of all, most people just start off having one interesting career, but I think that we're going to talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to talk about the second interesting career that you're launching right now and doing that. But earlier, your first career, I'll call it, you were you were servicing business machines that were that were taking care of some very important people. I'll just say that. So tell us a little bit about what you did in your first career. Okay, in my first career, I was with um, IBM. And um, I applied to them to go out into the field as a customer engineer. Yeah. When I uh, first called them up, they told me they weren't hiring. And then I called them up again and I said, well, look, can I just come down and see what you're doing? So they said, well, if you want to, you can. We're just looking for scientists and programmers or whatever else. So I went down there and I had with me a notebook And that notebook was filled with logic diagrams for computers and such. Mm -hmm. So when the fellow saw that, I think he must have noticed it. He (laughs) said they still weren't hiring, but and he sent me back home. But I got a telephone call and the telephone call said, come down for a test. And I'm thinking like a test. My gosh. Yeah. I come down for the test and I took the test. It was like a um uh, intelligence type of thing, reasoning and um, yeah. uh, manipulation and so forth. Had electronics in there, some computer stuff. I passed that test. Wow. And he said, look, we're still not hiring. But he found me a job elsewhere. 
he really pursued getting me a job elsewhere. And when he did, I was doing bench work, repairing Motorola pagers, believe it or not. I repaired those things, pulling out transistors, wow. soldering. Yep. I had my own workbench, a bunch of guys there. We were repairing those things. And then lo and behold, the very man that hired me came down to be my manager. Wow. And then after that, um, after several years of that position, then I was hired by the branch manager in Washington, D.C. Uh, on 1801 K Street, which I met my wife back then. Wow. I met her at IBM. And then we worked there for a number of years. I serviced uh, the White House Communications Agency, the executive office of the president, and the old executive office building. They're all down near ground zero. Yeah. It was a 24 by 7 job. Yeah. So I was very, very committed. The phone rang all hours of the night and on weekends and so forth. And I would go down there and maintain their computers and especially their associated I.O. Yeah. Uh, their printers, tape drives, disk drives, that sort of thing. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I have to say that um, I enjoyed it too much to the point where that I was too dedicated. And I offer this out as a word of caution to anyone that's listening is that, yes, it's great to have a job and to do what you need to do, but you, you still need to keep things in balance. Yeah, that's very, very important. You got to know when to say no. And there were times that I just basically kept the job in front of me. And I have a reason for saying this right here. One account that I serviced, I was proud to service that account. I was able to take my wife down to the White House with our children during the Christmas season, and they were able to get their own little tour wow. because I had access there. And wow. it was really, really nice. He still remembers that. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. But what happened, what woke me up or began to wake me up, was that I went down to one site. It was, it was a site that the uh, the president leaves and he gets on his helicopter and all that. I went down there. I didn't have my badge. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I don't have my badge. I said, I'm in the system. He looks in the, in the system. I wasn't there. I said, you don't have any record of me being in there at all? And he said, no, you're not in here at all. What happened was that the system got purged. The wow. system was purged. And then I said, oh, man, you mean after all that work and dedication, they just got rid of me with a swipe <laughs> of a key? Yeah. That's a wake-up call, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wake-up call. I had all those badges and stuff, and I thought I was the man. But no, nope. They, they, they cleared that system out, and I went along with it. Yeah. So yeah. I just say that, yes, I was an account customer engineer, and I serviced a lot of the equipment. And what happened was that when I got transferred to another position, it was fix and repair. Mm -hmm. I could not have the same dedication to a site that was fix and repair that I had to an entire account Yeah, where I was a point of contact. Yeah. That was a mind shift that was very difficult for me to make the transition. Yeah. So I still had the same dedication and the same impact on my family 
because I was so dedicated to the job, whether I was 10 miles away or 120 miles away, I was still on the job. Yeah. Wow. That's something I, I just can't, I can't imagine what it was like servicing the white house and, and to be able to be there and, and, you know, cause if something's not working there, it's kind of a big deal. Well, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And, and um, the thing is, is that uh, I really was available, but maybe too available. But, but that was like the demands of the job. I mean, you've got doctors and nurses out there that are working ex extended hours because of this situation. And their dedication is just awesome. Yeah. Yep. It's just awesome. Yep. Well, we got Thane's listening here. And, and uh, whoop, I put the wrong thing up there. I'm getting it here. He said, did Deborah say he could do this show? Say yes. <laughs> yep. She's a couple she of feet away from me, Thane. She did. She did. So that's good. So Thane, he did get approval. It's a smart man right there. And so Thane's got some comments in here. Thanks so much for being here, Thane. But the so I can't imagine, because my wife is a Christmas freak. There's just no other way to say it. She would just probably, I don't know probably have a heart attack if she went to the, the White House on Christmas because that's one of those things that we do. We drive to different towns to just see Christmas lights. But that's a special special memory, I'm sure. It was a special memory. And, and that's another thing I like about you is that you're a family guy and that you seek to have balance in what you're doing. Well, I don't know how much balance I have, but I, but I love my family dearly. And I will wake up at crazy times in the morning just so I can get my stuff done so I can be with them later. So, so you're, so you're there doing that. And now this isn't just for a couple of days. I, I want, I want to, to just kind of go through your background a little bit because you started, you had 33 years at IBM. Then you had another four years at Rico. And then you had another seven years at, what is it, Computer Engineering Systems? Uh, customer Engineering Services. Customer, customer Engineering Services. I had written CES. But, man, you had to know a lot about these business machines that you were servicing. That's for sure. Yes, I was required to. Yeah. But I found that it was important, too, though, to know your customer. Mm -hmm. To know yeah. your customer. Yes, a service tech can go in and out after doing the job. He can breeze in and hopefully fix it right then and then go back out the door. But if you know your customer's operation, then you have a better idea of what's critical, what's not. Uh, if their machine is going to be down, then what do they have for backup? Mm -hmm. I mean, how is it going to affect it when you've got trucks at the loading dock and they're waiting for you to have the uh, inventory sheets for them to take elsewhere or to have invoices yeah. for the delivery people. I mean, they need to be printed out. Yeah. You got to, you got to understand that. Uh, you got to know who your point of contacts are, who are you dealing with? Mm -hmm. And and that's the way it was with me, with my other sites was that I say, look, these people have deadlines that they've got to meet so that other offices can have their, paperwork their product ready for them when they come in in the morning when they come in with that cup of coffee they expect to have stuff on their desk yeah and that was my responsibility when i had another site um 
where we printed during the night and the machines had to run so that the hard copy was going to be delivered in the morning by the different um, operators that went through the building. Some of the stuff had to go to the different offices on Capitol Hill. They had to have their printouts. And it, it wasn't just one of those things that you could take lightly. Yeah. Though I guess it's man. So this is kind of an, uh, cause I am a bit of a nerd. So, I mean, when you talk about some of these business systems that you were servicing, you're like how big were they and how many pages are we talking about? Something would print. I have no experience with anything like this. So I'm just kind of getting an idea. Okay. Uh, th this is going back quite a few years, but, um, Several of the printers that I had in particular that were critical printers were the size of the old large Kodak copiers. You remember those big beasts that they had uh, some 20 some years ago? How, how big is that? Is it like a size of a car? Is it the size of a desk? Is it? it was like the, yeah, it's like the size of a, of a refrigerator laying on its backside. Oh, okay. Okay. It's so pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, they're, yeah. they're just, they're bulk printing this stuff, man. It was the White House budget. It yeah. was a budget for all the different <laughs> agencies. Yeah, that's a few pages. Right. It was so a budget you, for all the agencies. Let's just back up a bit. You you serviced a printer that, that printed the White House budget. Three high-speed printers doing uh, 91 pages per minute. <laughs> yep. Now, we were doing the work. This was the executive office of the president, but they were doing the work for the Office of Budget and Management. Yeah. Office of OMB, Office yeah, of Management OMB, and Budget. Management budget. So what wow. they needed, they needed to have a way to charge the other agencies. Mm -hmm. So I built a couple of boxes that had counters on there. Yeah. And I hooked them up to these printers so that when the operators ran their jobs during the night, they didn't have to look at the actual counter of the printer they can mm -hmm. look at these boxes that had counters on them so they would know how many pages they ran that night and they would record it. Uh-huh. Wow. This, this was something that we just cooked up so that this particular customer could run. Yeah. Run efficiently. Yeah. And that's crazy too, because a, first of all, the size of the budgets had to be, and we're not talking about, you know, 50 pages and yeah, about thousands and thousands and thousands yeah and thousands a night yeah 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 that's crazy that's crazy stuff well because in most businesses you know they've got a printer or two or they even got one that's more of a guy kind of main printer but they're not printing thousands of sheets probably even some of them in a week or a month they don't print that much but doing it every day that's a that's a whole nother level for for business machines and durability that you need to have it is it is but but once again i want to stress knowing your customer and your customer needs mm -hmm. that's the thing that i walked away with especially when we talk about leadership during our leaders building leaders meetings is that I think about the sensitivity and the relationships that you have with your customers, the relationships that your management has with the customers and understanding their needs, which ones really have the greatest responsibilities to keep them going. Uh, one of the things that they did, one of these sites called me up in the middle of the night and said they needed some toner. 
Mm-hmm. And I got out of bed. I drove to another site, got Tona for him, and then dropped it off for him because we knew they had to run. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one of those things, you know, they got, they, they've got, you don't want to put them in a bad situation. If you don't help no one will probably. That's the thing. You can't be insensitive to their needs. I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, because of our efforts, that could be the matter of whether or not somebody is going to sign a contract for the next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things, like you're saying, it doesn't matter what kind of business that little, and it, and people talk about this a lot in business. It's that extra few percent of effort that you put in there or that extra 10% of effort that drives that long-term business because people are, they appreciate that little bit of extra effort so much compared to everything else. My efforts won contracts, Damon. Yeah. My personal efforts won contracts. I'm not saying this out of pride. No, no. I'm just saying this as a matter of knowing the circumstances and some of the sites, if they, they needed to have serviceability, reliability, and availability in their product. And they had to know that when this guy showed up, whoever it was, he had a couple of hundred people behind him in order to meet the needs of that site, whether it was hardware, software, marketing issues, upgrades, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, are you going to be the person we can talk to so that we can expand and grow? Yeah. They well, need to have a face. Yeah. And you're helping them be successful. Yes. That's that. the idea. Is that yeah. It's got to be in your heart. Now we had, we had a customer. I don't, this, this happened later, later in my years, but we had one customer that ordered a machine off the web. And when they got that printer, it did not have the correct interface to mate with their system. They didn't have someone to actually do a hand and glove install. You tell us what you need, what you got, and we're going to deliver what you need. So Mm -hmm. someone dropped the ball and these people got stuck with a machine they couldn't use. And the supplier said that, well, we're going to jury rig a whole bunch of junk that can hang off the back of your machine so that it can talk to your system. Well, Mm -hmm. it turned into a nightmare. But I said, I compared that with the marketing rep that I used to work with. And this guy, if you said you needed something, he was going to be there until that thing was operational for you. Mm -hmm. And and that mattered a whole lot to that particular customer, multiple customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of dedication really does. The dedication. But but that's where his business was. It was his business, and he took care of his customers. Yeah, yeah. So when you're in those situations, the one thing that I always wondered, because I've been on the other side of that with in, in settings where we've got manufacturing equipment and a technical ser- service person comes in, how many times were people – glad to see you and nice or how many times were people kind of grumpy and you know just get it fixed kind of thing that's one of the things that i would wonder it was a good spread i had some customers that i had such a relationship with if i saw them on the street they would tell me to come by and just come by and have a cup of coffee with them awesome and i've had other customers that just took me for granted yeah did what i had to do 
but I can't say that I always gave them the red carpet treatment. Yep. It's both ways. I was just curious because, you know, some people don't even don't don't. I guess they don't understand the person that's going on the other side of, of a business transaction sometimes. And they don't understand the situation that they're that person's coming into. But I, that was one of the things I wondered. Well, we got Gracie saying hello. Hello, Gracie. Hey, Gracie. Good to you see doing? you. Yeah. Yeah. She I'll, says I'll... greeting from sunny California. Yeah. She's going to rub it in. It's good to see you. And you radiate like you're from California too, Gracie. Beautiful smile. Yeah, that's for sure. I want to give you an example of something, Damon. To Mm -hmm. look at this one, another point of view. When you ask about service tech, an air conditioning guy came in to replace our entire unit. And I was just talking with him, having conversation with him. And then just... In the midst of his working, he realized he didn't have the igniter for his blowtorch. And he was going to go to um, to Lowe's and get an igniter. And I said, hey, look, man, I've got an igniter out there in the garage. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when you get done with it, you know, you can have it. See, the thing was, was that I was talking to this guy. I mean, we had a relationship. It wasn't like okay, fix my machine, and then I'm going to disappear. Yeah. No, I say he's a service tech, and I, I feel in his position. Yeah. So because we had developed some rapport, uh, when he came in the house, he saw a space all prepared for him to bring it in uh, through the basement door, nothing blocking the way. He had light. I mean, like, I'm going to treat this guy like I'm yeah. in his position. You're going to set him up for success. I'm going to set him up for success. Yeah. And and what did my wife do? When she talked to those people, told them what a great job he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's uh, who is somebody else? Oh, Jody Lennis was talking about that, wasn't he? When he he had, because the people that services that pick up his garbage are so nice. He was talking about, remember that? And, yes. and, you know, there's so many people that, we and and even even with the and it's a much different thing, but the e-commerce people that I work with, the only it seems like the only reviews that you get are bad reviews. And and I f- think if people can spread the good word, it it's a lot more uh, advantageous, and it and it helps a lot because there's so many people in this world that go around doing an awesome job, and if we can help them, they're going to do better. And and uh, if we even let other people know that they're doing an awesome job. It just makes it that much better. It does make it. And and we've talked about um, peer recognition too, and morale on the job, how important that is. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I enjoyed doing was recognizing the guys that I worked with. Mm -hmm. I worked with some fantastic people, uh, some side by side, some part of the support structure, and I wanted them to be recognized for the extra effort that they gave because when this stuff was done online, online recognition, managers get to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they want to know so they can do their, um, what do you call it? You know, when the managers. Um, they do the reviews. Yeah, the reviews. When they do yeah. those reviews, I say, hey, look, you know, I want them to know what these people did that made my job easier and uh, made the customer happy too. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah, 
there's just so much of this and i i think about it i and actually this is a goofy a goofy uh kind of um comparison but i was I, I, so i i watched the seahawks that's my football team out here right and adrian peterson is a running back that used to play in minnesota years ago adrian is he's in his early 30s so for a running back he's old and he mm-hmm. he came out to the seahawks this year and played in one game was able to but he got hurt so he's the right age he's getting a little older right but what he was able to do is he was able to then switch his mindset and said, I am hurt, but I've got a lot of experience in this game. And he helped Rashad Penny, which was a young up and coming running back, learn how to practice better, learn how to take care of his body better. And today I was just listening to the, uh, this morning I was listening to the end of season uh, video interviews with, with a few of the people and listening to Rashad Penny talk about Adrian Peterson and how much he helped him and how much it was, it was that feedback and that working together helped him be so much better. And then watching how that translated into great play on the field, because Rashad Penny really in the last four games was a completely different player comparative, you know, to like mediocre to going over, over a hundred yards plus a game let yet this this last weekend he wrote 170 yards 170 180 yards against the Arizona Cardinals so he did just fantastic I mean it's like it's a new player and he credits it to the fact that he healthy yes but Adrian Peterson helped him get this so so this the uh, the amount that we can help each other peer to peer is yes. rarely emphasized but it's dramatic it's very important yeah it's yeah, very it important. I mean, there are things that we can share that we've learned from experience. And if we're not playing all that guarded business and we're willing to share it with the other team players, the other co-workers, and not feel distrustful, then we all succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, real quick, we got Jim Kunkel here from the, I believe it's the Codings Association uh, he he helps them and, and some of their stuff. And Jim's another broadcaster on LinkedIn and other platforms. Great to see you, Jim. And uh, this is this is where I think we're going to make a little turn here, though, Ronald, because yeah, we we uh, your second career. And and let's talk about STEM for a minute, because I I think one of the one of the things I get to, I get to talk to a lot of people about about manufacturing and business and stuff like that. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is getting kids, uh, young people involved in science, technology, engineering. And um, when my friend Wesleyan Greer says that, she calls the M in it uh, manufacturing. <laughs> so, Ed, so what, what, uh, what is cool is you're very, very passionate about STEM and you've helped kids for a long time with STEM with, with, uh, helping them program, do 3d printing, some other stuff. So let's talk about that a little bit. The, uh, what really got you into the, to helping kids with STEM? Well, I guess it's because when I was a child, I was a tinkerer. Yeah. I like to build things. I build a lot of stuff, you know, using tubes. But yes, I like to build things. And I won a science fair project. Science fair, local science fair, D.C. Mm-hmm. science fair twice. The first time was in biology. Okay. And there's a story behind this. I went into um, my high school biology class. 
and I saw the teacher, I saw the textbook, and I said, I don't have a chance. <laughs> uh, no way in the world. I mean, I didn't have the proper study habits. Mm-hmm. But here's what happened, though, was that somehow it was suggested that I participate in the science fair. And I developed a project to um, experiment with the effect of electric charges on paramecium. Exactly mm. where that idea came from, I don't know. This is long before you had YouTube or PCs, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was that I did have some hard copy books that said what a paramecium was. I had access to batteries and electronic components. I built my own power supply. I made a microscope slide that had electrodes on there. Yeah. And I had a microscope. And by applying those charges, I can make the paramecium, the culture, move from electrode to electrode, control the speed, and also the direction by reversing the polarity. Wow. Now, being able to do that, first of all, was that it didn't require me to be a biology expert. Mm -hmm. It, It didn't require me to be a medical doctor or anything. All I had was my passion and my interest for that particular project. Plus I had my background in electricity. And then I also had my background in woodworking mm-hmm. because my father was a woodworker. I was good with my hands. Yeah. That project allowed me to get first place in biology in the city. Wow. Back in the 1960s. Wow. I learned a lesson from that. I said, if I introduce STEM to other students, if I could just give them some kind of interest, uh, the tools to introduce them to programming, not teach them, but introduce them to programming. Mm-hmm. If I could show them that the Raspberry Pi, the Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi, I got a Raspberry Pi around here somewhere. But anyway, if the Raspberry Pi was useful so that they could um, experiment. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I've got something else going on over here. Okay. If if the. um, You got an audible book playing there. I think I do have an audio book playing there. Can you imagine that right there? Oh, that's that's the way. Is that cool or what? This is like. Hey, we got Michelle here. She said she finally made it, so it's awesome to see Michelle. Michelle, it's good to see you, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just take your time and do it. But that that's cool because you know there's there's people find inspiration to do things. uh, You know through different paths it's like learn differently and do it and you just you learn something about biology by applying what you knew and with the with a different approach well you see that's the thing i try to encourage kids once they've got some oh here's a um, arduino microcontroller okay we did projects on that right there too yeah my wife is um, helping me to get rid of this fellow that's talking Oh, you got a video playing. There you go. Yeah, so the, I'll get rid of it here. Yeah. In a yeah. Where is the world? Is it? Okay, hold tight for a second. Oh, I'll yeah, be right we there. Got, we got it. We got it. 
am I am I disappearing? No, you're still here. I'm still there. Okay, yeah, that's encouraging. Yeah. Hey, I'll make this go away. I will make it go away. Sure. Michelle says, great to see you guys. It's, it's great to be here. <laughs> I love it. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get this right here. Oh, Ronald dropped off. He'll come back. We'll be ready to go when he gets back here. I will message him and tell him to just come back in. So we will do that. And while we're waiting, um, we'll wait for just a moment. Because he can jump right back in and do that. Well, this has happened to me before. But I'm we're going to talk a little bit more about Ronald's um, pursuits and helping helping kids learn about STEM. Because once you once you hear how his passion drives him to do what he does, it's going to be it's going to be pretty good. So, and if he can't come back, we'll be done. We'll we'll uh, put another one together here. But I think he's going to be back. I'm going to text him real quick here. So. Michelle or Gracie, what are you what are you up to today? Did you have a good day? You can drop in the comments there. I see they're talking to each other in the comments. And I'll just say. All right. Got that. Well, so let's see. It's Tuesday this week. So Thursday, we got Joni, Jody Lennis. He's going to talk about um, finding the leader within. See, I knew Ronald would be back. I knew you Ronald would be back. You better believe it, brother. I'm not going anywhere. I know. I knew. I'm I was just waiting. I was filling in. You're a lot better filling in than I am. But no, that's, no, we no, got but, it. But here's we, the point, though. Yeah. Is that I was trying through STEM to develop the new generation yeah. That guys like you and others need to fill the bill. It's not all about social media. It's also about, you know, building your, who's going to be the next, the next uh, Elon Musk for crying out loud. Exactly. Or, or the, or the next of uh, uh, Steve jobs. Yeah. So the thing is, is that when I did the work with these kids, I knew I was investing in their future. Hey, look, I showed some of these kids how to use voltmeters to, to show them digital circuits. My wife and I taught a class together. She helped build a book on electricity and magnetism to tell yeah. kids about Ohm's law for crying out loud. Yeah. We showed them, we developed circuit boards so that they could see the difference in, in voltages and the brightness of lights. There were all kinds of things that we did so they could get some hands-on experience. And when they understand that stuff, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how the lights come on in their minds and they start to think of the world differently. Yes, they think of the world differently. We showed them what digital numbers look like using ones and zeros. Zero 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 one zero zero one zero 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 one one zero one zero 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 one zero one zero one zero zero. No, we showed them how the lights would increment 
to see what decimal numbers do and how they operated circuits because of the decoding circuits on there. We want to at least show them stuff. Oh, I'll tell you what we did. A buddy of mine and I, my cousin, actually, we went to the radio shacks and bought out their robot kits. Yeah. We bought out their robot kits and we were working with a STEM organization. We had kids for two and a half days and we brought those robot kits in, Mm -hmm. separated the parts so that it will be easier for them to get into, get the, get the instructions. We made PDFs out of the instructions to go on overheads. Yeah. We got six teams and those kids had robots that they could assemble by hand. Some of the guys even learned how to load the microcontrollers on their own. Wow. That's what blew my mind when they could take that microcode and load it into the microcontrollers and then operate these robots that were ultrasonically driven. They were obstacle avoiding robots. And wow. what was the outcome of that? Well, one kid's in his second year of mechanical engineering. Oh, wow. And another kid is going to enter into his first year of computer science. Wow. That's something. And these are the families that I've kept in touch with. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, that's, that's a great example. I mean, and, and it's, and then again, when we, when we talk about your STEM and we talk about now going into your, your second career you're creating here, I, I think it's pretty exciting because, um, because you're, you talk about the title success after 70, a man reborn. Now I met you a year ago or so, or something like that. And, and I see, I see someone in front of me that's learning so much every day and helping others so much. It's just inspiring. And we had a call last week or whenever it was, and and we're talking more about it. We talk a lot more than that. But when we, when we were talking about listening to you and, how this STEM is really helping these kids and your passion for it is, is something because I think that as you look to your second career now and what you can do and mix STEM with um, other for-profit kind of stuff, it, it really is interesting how you can, you can combine that and help people. Well, it is. It is. Um, I, I, I've done a lot of pro bono work working with one organization, but I did uh, uh, lead a seminar for which I was paid. Yeah. And I also taught a class for which I was paid. And I'm looking for numerous opportunities in that. I'm I'm looking to uh, start a nonprofit organization where we can get into schools and then perhaps even expand across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Because Uh, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool that what I mean, because I look at you, Ronald, and I think, and we talked about this, you've got you've got desire and you've got skill and you've got time. Those three things together are a powerful desire, combination. It's a powerful combination, my friend. And I, I'm just excited to see what you can do by bringing other people in with those technology skills together with you to to really show these kids some STEM and, and uh, give them inspiration to, like you said, the, the mechanical engineering student now and the computer science student that they may have not have known 
or been inspired to do that. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I do have to mention a transition point, Damon. Mm-hmm. At the time that I retired and I no longer had a job, I was like Ronan. I was like Ronan. I was like a samurai without a master. Yeah. And I had to go through a transition period. Uh, more time at home. Uh, yep. No agenda running. I began to get rid of my agendas. Yes. And I said, I've got to get learn how to be in the public and learn my identity, learn my uh, value, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I got involved with um, a law of attraction group and I'm still with them. And they gave me a, a wider view of life and business. Mm -hmm. And I got to interact with them as people. And then when I got involved in LinkedIn, there were a number of people that I met that were very, very beneficial with me. Uh, Rashad Ahmed is one. Mama Liz is another. Uh, there's another person by the name of Dr. Nick. I mentioned these people because they were personally reaching out to me. Mm -hmm. They were talking with me. And I was making a transition from working on machines to learning how to relate to folks. That helped me and my family. I've got awesome. to admit, learning these different things, uh, the mind, the spirit, the body, and dealing with a lot of just talking stuff, I could get involved more with people and not to be so driven. There was an issue of being driven. So then after that, we ran across Thane. We ran mm -hmm. across Thane. I, 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 I said, I'd like to meet this fellow. And then we were able to do the uh, leaders building leaders. That was awesome. And mm -hmm. it was helping me to learn more about me and to take that time for the, the, the time to uh, reflect, refocus, and recharge. That was the mantra. I had to do that because my life was out of control. Mm -hmm. All I was doing was just running from one thing to another. But then after we began to realize how important it was to look at your life from week to week and what are your daily activities and such, that was something that I never really grasped before. I did the seven habits and that was awesome. But as far as relating to inwardly, I didn't understand that. So the leaders building leaders gave me this certificate. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud that my wife and I got this certificate because we had the discipline to make the meetings, to be able to relate to other people, to share, to learn, building relationships that are long lasting. That was so, so important. Yeah. yeah. This particular book right here. Yeah. The 15 laws of invaluable. Yeah. 15 valuable laws of growth. Yep. I was growing technically, but not individually. I was adapting to the job, but I was not dealing with me as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to really just thank our groups, the leaders, building leaders, and the uh, think and grow rich. And you know, 15. 
you make such a great point because we're all driven in our careers to boom, 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 boom. And, and I think it takes a while until you realize that the career is, is part. Yeah, it's part. But if you're not right, if you're, if you're not right, first of all, you can't be as good as you want to be in your career. If you're not right, you can't be as good as you want to be for your family and chids and friends and everyone around you. And you can't be as, as good of a, a leader as a peer as a whatever. But when you take that time to really focus on yourself and that's what I, I, I love interacting with you, dude, because it's so it's you've you put this work in and it shows. And now when you're going forward, I think this is going to be you're going to even be more powerful helping kids with STEM and inspiring other people to do what they want to do. Yes, it does allow that. And it also gives me a vision for my family too. Yeah. Yeah. All that in balance. I think it was one of the things that we said, we said that uh, skill and talent will get you up the ladder, but character keeps you there. And I said, I really need to develop my character. I really need to have that sense of awareness or that time looking in the mirror, uh, the reflection and just developing myself. Yeah. yeah. This was necessary. You're, you're talking about stuff, Ronald, that I think is incredible. And I think it's far too rarely spoken about or talked about because you know, everybody is in business now or doing work, technical work, doing whatever they're doing is always driven on the job. And, and we don't talk enough as a, as a society, at least in the United States, I don't think about making sure that we are building ourselves up and, you know, it's not, it's not always something else. It's, you have to look inward on this and really understand it. And sometimes we're just not ready for it. But when we are ready for it, if you if you embrace it and do it, I think it's it's it will really allow you to live a much fuller life. And that's important, too. Yeah, there's there was a moment in my life. My father was in the hospital. He was in the hospital. I was servicing a customer account that day. It was a Friday and I was preparing to go to another site. I was going to go to the hospital later that day. In the evening, I was going to go. A co-worker who has his values pretty much in place like you do said family first. And I said, okay, then I'll tell you what, then I told my sister, I'll go to the hospital and I'll, I'll see my father rather than go to the other account. My father died within an hour of being in the hospital. Yeah. He, he yeah. would have gone with nobody there yeah. in his room if I had gone to that other account. Yeah. He would have died alone. I had a chance to pray over him and and uh and sit in a chair and I and I I, I sat in the chair and it was such a peace that came over me while I was in that chair. And then someone came in the room and they said he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But you were able to be there. I was able to be there because someone spoke to me and gave me some advice. And fortunately, I took that advice. Somebody that was balanced, that had their priorities in order. Yeah. 
And he told me over the phone, he said, family first. I said, okay, I'll go. And then boom, that's it. So I'm just saying though, is that that was an experience. I mean, it's a learning experience. I'm going to share it with anybody. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, I've, I've spoken about it before too. I was able to see my father when he passes last year and I just wouldn't do it any other way. Yes. Yeah. Getting to the voiceovers, I have no idea what the time is. Yeah, yeah, because voiceovers. because the now now the other thing, let's get let's get talk about this though, because man, you got this smooth voice, and you decided what prompted you to start thinking about doing voiceovers? Because I think My it's cool. Wife. Yeah. So Deborah, Deborah helped you with that. She helped me with it, and she was with me side by side. All right, and uh, I, I met with some people. I went to a, um, a studio. I was making arrangements for training. Yeah, the problem was that it was in my head to be able to focus on that and pull me away from work. Yeah, not just physically, but mentally. I really had no idea who the heck Ronald Henderson was. Other yeah. than phone ring, run out the door. Yeah. I had no concept. And I'm saying this. I'll admit it. So I'm just saying is that, yes, we made some efforts, but it wasn't consistent. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened is that several years ago, my cousin was doing documentaries. And he asked me if I would narrate for him. Yeah. He had studio in the basement. And yes, I did. I stood there at the podium and I had the microphone there and I read his scripts and we worked it all out and everything. And then one day he played it back and he showed the videos on the screen and I'm listening to the voice and I'm saying, who the heck is that sucker? <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's, that's me. Yeah. I'm saying that this really can't happen. Yeah. So then uh, we've made several other documentaries there too. And, uh, also, the work with Thane. Thane gave me yeah. the opportunities about, you know, the uh, the least interesting man in the world. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, uh, the, the the night before Christmas, we did that. Yeah. And we're looking at other opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So if people listening out there, if you connect with Ronald on LinkedIn, too, because for voiceover, he can give you some examples of his work and do that. That'd be it's, it's very good at it. Cause you, I mean, you just like, just like someone that would study their, their craft and anything else, you have to put in work on, on voiceover and you have to think about the context of what you're reading and, and the other, the other way that you're speaking really, don't you? You do, you do. But the greatest advice too, that my wife has given me is to be yourself. Yeah. That's, that's for starters is to be yourself. And then, of course, there are going to be variations. And I can do that under direction. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm still getting experience in this. And I still have a way to go as far as training and all that sort of thing. But yeah. if, if you've got something within my range and you want a normal speaking person and you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. Yeah, that's awesome, Ronald. That's awesome. Because I just, I just, I'd love to hear your passion for uh, life learning and, and developing these new careers, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, teaching kids to STEM working with your 3d printers. We didn't even get to talk about 3d printers. You're like a 3d printer master. 
if anyone wants to know about that, they should be contacting you about getting 3D printed stuff. Because you you said you said you have two 3D printers in your house too. I've got them, and yeah. yes, I have done some printing. I've done I've done <laughs> a considerable amount. Yeah, I want to learn how to turn into a business. Yeah, yes, I mean, be able to do things on demand. Yeah, I'll yeah, do that's, that. That's something. I had an experience. I've got to share an experience with you. I was on the job, slaving away in this uh, big box store. And I was at a at a cashier's station, and a young man came up to me. I was depressed. I said, I'm stuck doing this crap. A young man came up to me. <laughs> he introduced himself, and he was in one of my uh, classes. Oh, wow. And he said to the cashier, he's my teacher. He taught me engineering. Wow. And when he said that, then I said, yes, I did make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. I said, I'm over here having a pity party, paying my dues. But yet someone came in there at that time. It was the timing of it. Yeah. That made the difference. Wow. You know, Ronald, it's it's. I think that's that's common for people, though. We don't realize the effect that we have on others. And you, you've impacted a lot of people positively, um, not only with your, with your STEM work, with just being you as well. And, you know, when you talk about servicing your customers in the, um, in, in the white house that needed to print their, their, uh, documents, or as you were teaching the children, or as you were helping to, to, uh, do the voiceover work for the documentaries. I think many of us don't don't take the time to really understand the influence and the positive effect we can have or we do have. Well, Damon, I'm grateful for the people that I'm with because it wasn't always like that. Yeah. This is just recent. Um, when I when I retired, a fellow at my retirement party came up to me with a bottle of, 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 of wild turkey. Yeah. He had that wild turkey. He was going to give it to me as a retirement gift. And I told him that um, I was no longer drinking. Yep. And, um, but I took it anyway, because I said, when I leave my job, I'm going to have to make a decision. Am I going to go and just fall by the wayside? Or am I still going to see myself as a person of value that I can still make a contribution that I'm not going to go off into the dark side. Yeah. Am I going to try to make a change in life? And I said, I owe that to my family to make yeah. a change in life, to leave the past behind and to take advantage of other opportunities. And to yes, be sir. here tonight is a great opportunity to be talking with you. Wow. I honestly don't know how we could I could I could say anything better any better way and this is why I wanted to have you on Ronald because you're an inspiration you, you don't even realize it you're an inspiration you look at the comments on here it, you, just, you just don't even realize it and I just I'm I'm blessed to know you and and I'm so thankful that you're able to come on tonight because they're they're you are you are truly a, a great example of people that are that or someone that is 
taking that next step in their life. And that story is, is very, uh, very telling of, of yourself. And I, I just thank you so much for being here tonight, Ronald. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I've, I've thanks so much for people listening. I just, I'm, I'm speechless, dude. That, that was, I mean, I knew this is why, this is why I wanted you to come on, Ronald. I, I wanted you to, to be able to, to let people get to know you a little bit better and understand that because I think it is, you are a, a prime example of why people need to understand that, you know, we're not done until we want to be done. That's just a fact. And you're, you're living proof of that. And I love it, man. Well, thank you, Damon. I do appreciate it. I'm grateful to be in our group, to be in our leaders, building leaders. And I would encourage anyone who wants to invest in themselves. You invest in yourself so you can invest in others and the world will be a better place. I would encourage anyone to take advantage of the leaders, building leaders. Contact Thane. I recommend him too. Yeah. Contact Thane. And just to be a part of our group, uh, we have a fantastic group and you all just bless me. So to be a part of this, this group that we meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah. at seven o'clock, get the details from Thane. You put that in the, um, in the comments, we'll, however, we'll reach out. We'll I, I'm that. not just doing this as a, as you know, as, 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 as just trying to pump everybody up. I'm just saying is that it's making a difference in my life yeah. at a time when I have a second chance. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I just got to say, thanks so much today. I had Ronald Henderson on and you know, the topic was success after 70, a man reborn. I think without a doubt, you, you understand what we were talking about here. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, everyone for listening. Thane, hang out for just a minute. We're going we're gonna to shut off live here and be done for the day. But thanks so much. We'll be back again later. Thank you.